Come on into my house. It's a toe-tapping house. Rosie on the house. Where we show up every Saturday morning for the opportunity for you to call us at one 767 4348 Let us know what you're trying to tackle in, about, around your house, home, castle, or cabin. And let's see if we can't help you. If it's a remodeling project or a little fix-up maintenance, maybe a little deferred maintenance that needs to be taken care of. Give us a ring, and let's see if we can't uh, help you out a little bit. And, uh, just just today, we've helped people with rose bushes and citrus, and that's when John Jay's here talking about landscape and outdoor living segment. Uh, in the last hour, we took care of Ron in a masonry home out in Buckeye, and Cody down in a new home in Tucson, and we're here for you at one 767 4348 An easy way to remember that is one Rosie for you, R-O-S-I-E, the number four, and the letter U. I started last week talking about, it was actually two weeks ago, about bathrooms and why bathrooms can be so expensive to remodel. So apparently that triggered a lot of inquiries at the office. Okay, well, how about if I want to do it all myself? We actually took a call from someone that wanted to, rip out a tub and install a shower and i'm gonna tell y'all that i'm i'm never gonna say don't do a do-it-yourself project but i'm gonna tell you that's a project that can get fairly complicated pretty quick particularly this person wanted to do a barrier free entry shower so we're having to go to a trench style drain we're having to do some concrete saw cutting we're having to get a plumbing permit. We're having to do some termite pre-treat. We're having to excavate down in there to the soil line and redirect it into the position it needs to be to create the drench train. So I just thought it was funny that when I came on and started talking about the project I did myself at one of our pieces of property and how much money we spent in a little bitty bathroom, I mean, you get to you get to five or $6,000 really quick. And that's just refinishing the grout, a new shower door, a new toilet, and refinishing the cabinets, some new lights, new mirrors, ba-boom, ba-bang. And uh, like I say, that's when you're doing it all yourself. So now bathrooms are probably going to be the number one remodeling project in the country. $340 billion will be spent on remodeling homes in America this year they project just in maricopa county they're going to do 40 to 50,000 bathroom remodels just in maricopa county so it's the hot topic right now and uh, people always want to test me on what should you be spending for that and i'm just telling you it's easy to get to 15 to 20,000 dollars for the hall bath if you just want it fixed up if you want it gutted and put back together you're probably somewhere north of twenty twenty five thousand dollars done right i mean that's you, right you could slap a cheap lipstick on a pig type application for a lot less but you're not going to be happy with it and it's not going to do you any favors if you try and sell it uh and it's going to become a maintenance nightmare we do improvements we do projects to better adapt the structure to our living style and to reduce maintenance. You know, doing a cheap wham, bam, slam job 
is is counterproductive to either one of those. I uh, I, I I was at a, 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 a someone's home this week, and I was talking about how we're going to do the job. And I guess I was like the third or fourth contractor that they've had at the home to talk to. And I said, "Now we're going to have to get some drawings done. We have to get a building permit." And he says, "Well, you're you're the first one that's said we got to get a building permit." <laughs> uh, you got to get a building permit. And they were very happy to hear that. But um, you've got to get a building permit. That's one of the – there's two ways you can tell if you've got the right contractor on the job. I was on the phone with someone yesterday. I was making an appointment to see them in about a month. And they have a large project they want to do in stages. And and she says, and my budget is – I said, no, 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 don't tell me your budget. Any contractor that asks you what your budget is is not the contractor, I don't think, that you want at your home. Why don't you get the contractor out to the house and show them what you want done and let them tell you what your budget should be? And it's going to be probably 50 to 100% higher than you were hoping for. So, I, so shoot for a high number <laughs> and then double it. I've never... I've never, ever in 40 years had someone say, when I gave them, the, well, I think this project is going to cost this. I've never had somebody say, well, hot dog, that's about half what I thought. <laughs> never. It's never happened. It probably never will happen. But I like to tell homeowners, look, get someone you trust out to your house and visit with them. The first meeting, they ought to have both their ears turned on, and they ought to be listening to what you want done. They ought to have some educated, trained questions from experience about why you want to do it, what you're trying to accomplish. And when you finish in 20 or 30 minutes explaining the project, they ought to be able to sit down right in your house and in 10 or 15 minutes kind of say, okay, I think we're going to be in this range. Are you comfortable with that? No, I'm comfortable with about 60% of that range. Well, now you've got a place to start working from. And then you work together. You're going to have to bring your budget up. The contractor can design to fit your budget. And that's the way to a happy ending. So that that all got started just on a little conversation about uh, bathrooms. But today's topic, if you subscribe to our newsletter. You don't need a permit for. Is all three one-day projects you can get started on in your yard you spend a little bit of time of planning you spend a little time putting the products together getting them delivered to the house so you're not having you know a lot of people's one day project turns into a three-week project (laughs) because all the windshield time they have to spend driving back and forth to getting the parts and the pieces of what they needed so i'm a big believer actually i i learned this from our our a prior employee, Scott, he says, well, when I've got a plumbing project, I just go to a hardware store and I just buy every piece of plumbing that's on the rack. I just (laughs) fill the basket with every piece of plumbing piece. And then when I get home, I just pick through whatever it is I need. I make the plumbing repair and then I return everything. It turns the plumbing repair into a two-trip episode instead of a Ten trip episode. One more reason I'm not in the retail industry. That would drive me insane. It's very efficient for the homeowner. But, but imagine if you had a hundred homeowners through your shop that weekend. The amount of work that you're going to have to do now, re restocking and, and adjusting your inventory. Well, I want to get to these three projects uh, 
because they're all great outdoor projects you can get done. But we do have people lining up on the phones. Let's take a couple calls. The number is one 767 4348 We're here to share information, but we're here to talk to you, the Arizona homeowners, as well. Dawn, good morning. Thanks for calling. Hi there. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. All right. Um, We've been having this issue in our master bathroom. We've got um, the double sink, so my husband primarily uses one and I use the other one. And for some reason, the drain in my sink always, well, every few weeks or so, it gets a bad smell coming out of it, almost like, I don't know if you remember the old permanent solutions that women used to use, um, like the hair products. Um, But it's only on my side. And no matter what we do to clean it, it always comes back. Okay. We cannot figure out. All right. And is it, if, if I walked in your bathroom and went to your sink and I bent over and took a big whiff and didn't turn any water on, would I smell it? Or is it only after you turn water on? It's when you turn the water on. Yeah, okay. All right. And it's worse after a couple of days of not using it. Yes. So if I'm out of town, when I come back, it's worse. Okay. Now, tell me a little bit about how your house is orientated on your lot. Which direction does your front door point? Uh, West. Points west. And is this master bathroom on the back side of the house, which would put it on the east end of the house? Um, It is on the south end of the house. South. It's on the southeast. South, south southeast quarter. Okay. And it, it, what kind of roof do you have? Do you have a pitched roof that runs north to south? A uh, pitched roof that runs in that direction, honey? Which way? East to west. East to west. Your front door is facing west, and you have a gable over, the, over your front door? Yes. Interesting. Okay. And the Kit and the bathroom that's creating the odor. You're not in, you're not experiencing this in any other bathroom in the house. Correct. Okay. And it's only on my side, and that led me to believe that it was, you know, all my all the lotions and things no. like that. that I- no, it's probably it, it it's probably because your sink is what we call the dry arm sink. Your husband's is probably the wet arm sink. When we do a double vanity like that, one sink. Uh, drains over to the other sink, makes a action back in the wall. Okay. And that that dry sink is probably got some positive pressure in the vent system. So ask your husband if he could go pick up a four-foot piece of four-inch AS pipe from the store. And wherever that vent penetrates the roof of your house, just have that vent extended. Now, four-inch ABS pipe, he, he's just going to slip it over pipe unless that works. If that works, then you can. You know, bite size with a coupler and just extend that vent. If you extend that vent 16 to 18, 20 inches, it's probably going to solve the problem forever. Don, we appreciate the call. That's why we're here to help people like you because there's nothing worse than brushing your teeth and going to spit out, and all you smell is that positive pressure methane gas coming back up in your face. It's just. Such a hard way to start the morning. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. If you want to join the conversation, that's one triple eight Rosie for you. You can also text to four one one nine two three. I don't have to be me till Monday, Friday, Saturday.
Let me do this before I forget. <laughs> what we were supposed to do at 9.20, we're going to do at 10.20. Coyotes tickets <laughs> Thursday, February the 1st. 7 o'clock puck drop. They take on the Dallas Stars. Text the answer to this question, 411-923. And uh, all the winners will just pick one out at random. But what year did KTAR... Switch to FM broadcasting. You can find that answer in January's home maintenance calendar. If you've got one, you can quick flip to it. If not, at rosieonthehouse.com, you can mouse over the homeowner resources, and there's the calendar tab. You can click on that and see January's calendar posted there and, uh, and find the answer there. We've got Rosie on the House trivia. We've got Arizona State trivia. Worked into the bottom of the calendar, and that's where you can find the answer, unless you just are that good of a listener and you remember. Coyotes playing Dallas. What night? February 1st, Thursday okay. night. All right. 7 o'clock. Very good. If you're a hockey fan, text that answer to... 411-923. Very good. All right. Let's see if we can get to Bill, who's been very patiently holding. We have Bill and Edwin on hold. Open line for you if you'd like to get in at one 767 Good morning, Bill. Good morning. What you up to today? Well, um, I've got a pedestrian gate okay. that um, is on the side of the house, typical Arizona pedestrian gate. Yep. I got a single stack of blocks on one side yeah. and a block wall on the other. Yep. And the gate's anchored to the wall, and it clips in and out of the single standing blocks. Mm-hmm. And um, the single standing blocks will move a little bit, but even worse is where the gate is anchored, it keeps pulling out, and I'll keep fixing it and, you know, cementing it in with stuff, and it gets worse. Um, the blocks start coming loose. So right. I'm wondering, do I have to replace the whole wall, or what do I need to do? Well, the the blocks that are coming loose, the gate is hinged on the single pile of block no. up against the house? The okay. No, the opposite. Okay, so it's hinged on the wall side, and then the striker and the latch is on the house side. And Correct. those blocks that are up against the house are holding up and staying together fine. The hinged side, we're having trouble with the mechanism staying anchored in the block or the block coming loose from the stack. Both. Okay. Both. Between, you know, different repairs I've done. Obviously, the repairs I'm doing are not hacking it. <laughs> okay. Well, and then that that column that everything's anchored to, then the wall goes to a real narrow wall over to another column, and that's the and that's the block wall that goes around your yard, right? That's correct. Okay, so that column that you're hinged on, it should be grouted solid. And if the block are coming loose, it indicates to me we didn't get that column 
filled full of grout and mortar. So I would take the top, it's called a cracker, the top little cracker off the top of the column, and that will let you look right down the entire column. I would get that thing shimmed up, plumbed up, and leveled up, and shored up to, to stay in place. And then I would just mix enough mortar to, to fill that entire column full of, uh, just use super mortar. It's fine. Uh, fill it up and then put the cracker back on and you'll be done. And that column at that point should be plenty strong enough to hold up to any gate activity you've got. So I don't need to tear it all down and put it back up again. Well, you know, it would be best if you would remortar the loose block. Is it like just the top two or three that are loose? Yeah, it's the top one that's loose, and I've remortared it more than once. Okay. And and it's the whole block. It's not just the little cap piece. That's correct. It's oh. the whole block right at the mortar joint. Okay. Well, you and I've could... even had, you know, I've had a pro come in and mortar it. Well, semi-pro. Uh, one of those handyman guys come uh-huh. in and mortar it, yeah. and it still comes loose. Like it, there's a lot of stress there. No, you you just you just fill that column with mortar, and and that's all gonna that's all gonna quit happening. So should I throw some steel rebar down there? You or? you could throw one number four in there if you want. One or two number four, not gonna hurt anything. Sure. Okay. All right, then you'll then you'll have it stabilized to the point where it's going to hold up to the stress of the of the of the gate action. You'll be in good shape. the The mortar between each block isn't going to be strong enough as you are discovering. But if that baby's grouted solid, you'll be in great shape. Bill, we appreciate the call. That's a that's a one day project. You can take care of that in one day. And I'm going to talk about some other one day projects you can get done around your backyard. It's the content of our newsletter that we mailed out this week. For any of you that want our newsletter, you can subscribe to it at rosyonthehouse.com. We did get a gentleman in Mesa, Tom, said, I miss your tip of the week. Well, that is the blog. He was referring to what we used to mail out in the Republic. Well, now it's in the blog, and we send a link to that in the newsletter that goes out on Thursdays. You know what? I gotta, I gotta do something here. I was looking at my ticket list, and I, I got more tickets. I just need to get them. So, if you want to go to the Suns, this is Friday, February second, seven o'clock. We don't like to wait until the Saturday before because we just tickets don't arrive and this and that. So we try and give them out two weeks in advance if people can plan properly. So I'm gonna give this out. Be, uh, out. Just call in. We'll, we'll do this one easy. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That eight Rosie for you if you'd like to see the sun take on the Jazz February second, uh, seven o'clock. Are we just gonna how, how how are we gonna classify this? Do they need to know something or? Doesn't matter to me. I would, do we I make would... A pick a random caller. Yeah. Number. Yeah. What number? Your birthday. Seventh, yep. seventh caller. Yep. One, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie. Your free. mom loves Mom it. said thanks My, a lot, but 
we did the last one on text, and we always get to some people, why well, don't text? I think so if I could read her lips, she said, you little something. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> I, I just wanted you to feel like you had something to do. I think that's what she said. Oh, All right, uh, let me start here. We've got, we've got Guy on the phone, and I'm going to get to Guy. He has a stucco question. I'll get to it. But let me just talk through one of the topics in our newsletter that we try and cover every single 10 o'clock hour. And it's, it's in the newsletter. It's three one-day projects for your backyard. And the, the first one that I think everyone should have is a raised planter for your garden. And you've historically seen these done with lumber, with railroad ties, or you just ground plant your garden. I can't encourage you enough. If you're going to get a garden started, let's do it in a masonry raised planter. These masonry retaining walls are really pretty easy to install. You don't need to have any really special equipment. Uh, You've got to have a, a pretty strong back and a good pair of gloves And you can get these pavers laid in to raise the area about two to three feet. Now, in in a raised planter that I'm going to build, I'm going to put gopher-proof flooring in it. Bury some pickle jars. I'm gonna. You could do that on each corner. I do both. You you could uh, bury the pickle jars on each corner for sure. We mentioned last week you can't over engineer your utilities and your infrastructure underground you can't over engineer gopher proofing yes once (laughs) they find your garden once you find your rats (laughs) and and so i'm gonna once you've elevated it it makes it harder for rabbits to take advantage of it so you're kind of eliminating that problem but you're not eliminating the gopher so i mark out the area and i gopher proof the ground and I do that with layers of uh, r- concrete reinforcement wire. And I put it tight enough so that they can't sneak through it. And I stake it to the ground. Then I lay my pavers down. Then I lay, not the pavers, but the retaining wall. Then I lay my wall in place. Of course, I've got my sprinkler line already run in there. And then I lay down my geotech cloth that goes down, covers the whole floor area, and then comes up and covers all of the masonry. So it drapes over all the masonry. So it's just like one big giant blanket. Push it down there. And the name of that is critical because water still wicks out. This isn't a plastic liner. No plastic. Great point, Romy. It's it's actually a braided material that stops the weeds from coming in, and it stops your dirt that you're putting in the garden from easing and seeping out of the cracks of the masonry because the masonry is put together dry. You don't need any mortar. It all dry stacks. So the geotech cloth kind of holds it all in there. So it's going to stop any weeds from coming up from the bottom. You've got your gopher-proof barrier underneath that, and then you fill this planter area with proper garden enhanced soil and then you just come along with a knife and you trim the geotech to within about three inches above your dirt line 
and you're done. You, you could even uh, tuck it under your last course. You could even tuck it under your last course, exactly. So that is a great one-day project, and now you've got a unit and, and, and a couple tips. Don't make it over four foot wide. Because you, you want to be able to reach to the mm-hmm. middle of your planter. You don't want to have to crawl up the wall and stretch out to reach the back of it. You can At four foot, you can pretty well reach the middle from either side. Make it as long as you want. Get your sprinkler line in there. And it is so much more of a controlled environment. You've eliminated the rabbits. You've eliminated the gophers. You've eliminated the weeds. Add your seeds. Add your water. And then you're probably going to have to build some kind of bird protection. <laughs> and and it doesn't have to be rectangle. You can get very that creative. Will. And pavers do uh, curve if you're designing it properly. The next one I build, I want to do it keyhole style. It's something I ran across a couple of years ago. But picture a circle. Got it. I can picture a circle. The Got south it. side, the bottom, there's a, a line through it. Okay. Well, that's where you walk through. So now you're in the middle where the keyhole would go, the round okay. point. So there's a little circle inside the circle. So now almost 360 around you is the garden. So you're standing in one place and you just move left to right. You don't do it four feet deep. You would only do it two feet deep so you okay. can reach the Got far it. side. And, you know, it's a it's a circular. So if you didn't have space for a rectangle or uh, you wanted a little bit, more, uh, you know, just that different type of look, uh, the keyhole one to me is... Very sharp. I like that. And then, in the center of that hole, you put a hole in the ground, and you put an eight-foot-tall umbrella up there. So when There you, you go. Hey, uh, see? Yeah, yeah. So well, when you're, you're in there, there working, working, you just raise the umbrella, and you do your little cultivating, and pick your little radishes and your carrots and your celery and your lettuce, and then put the umbrella down. Hey, I think we're on this. Well, side. and if you do it tall enough, uh, you wouldn't need to squat down. That's right. And you could add a layer to the outside, which would be a seating bench. So you would also have a place, you know, you could put cushions then on top of it. And then I could watch you working in your garden. That's perfect. You don't get to eat anything I pick, but you can watch. (laughs) Let's get the guy who's been so patient waiting on the line. Guy, good morning. How can we help you, my friend? Good morning, sir. We met about three years ago uh, behind a Connecticut water in uh, Chandler off of Warner Road. It was August. You were uh, sweating, loading a bunch of chairs. I recognized your voice. I stopped and said hi. You were talking to someone, and you said I should call into the radio show because uh, to prove that you actually do work for a living, and we kind of laughed about it. I have a question for you. Uh, reference my home if you got time. So it took you that long, three years? <laughs> well, it, it could have been even longer. I tried to get in uh, a few times and was cut by, and, but this uh, question – yeah, you were working hard. I really felt bad enough for you, but not bad enough to get out and help you. Sorry. <laughs> I do. I do remember. I do remember meeting you. Yes. Well, that was yeah. Was, you were working hard. Hey, I have a uh, home built in the '80s by Continental, and okay. it's a uh, block on three sides. The front is stuccoed, and on the back side uh, is a two by six wood frame construction. And with the insulation factor, and uh, the walls are. Um, Basically, there is no insulation in those uh, block walls. Uh, would I be better to stucco the back side of that house, uh, our house, uh, and then have that extra insulation put in and maybe stucco those uh, exterior block walls, uh, too, while I'm at it, just so it all matches? It, okay. What do you think? So the block is exposed block. 
Yes, on the east and west side, it's exposed. The front is all stuccoed. Okay. And the back is wood frame construction. Is and what, in the early 80s. Uh, okay, I was going to ask what vintage it is. Early 80s, that block probably has some insulation in it, but it isn't as good as the foam-injected insulation that you can have done. So I, I, the first thing I'd do is I'd have you call uh, Dennis at Thermal Advantage and, and get a quote for filling all of that block with his foam. Start there. Uh, then if you're, are you going to try and, and stucco this yourself? Oh, heck no. Oh, okay. No. All right. I poured concrete for 30 years on my days off, but <laughs> anything that's vertical, forget it. Okay. I can't do it. All right. <laughs> and, and, and then that, 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 that painted block can be stuccoed. We, we would tell you, uh, you know, call Doug at Stucco Renovations, and he's going to power wash those walls and get them clean. And then he's going to paint a concrete bonder on the wall. And as that gets tacky, then he'll start uh, spread and texturing to match. And then the back wall, the 2 by 6 wall, I would think it's probably pretty well insulated would be my guess. Yes, sir. I just thought about matching it all, and would be it's just not worth the the cost yeah. of it. Just leave it like it is. Well, I, you'll only know by getting dug out there. I can tell you that the stucco on the masonry is something that we call spread and texture. It's done in one pass, and it's it's pretty darn affordable. Uh, you let that you water cure that for two or three weeks, paint it, and and you're good to go. But on the back, where he's going to have to lath it, he's probably going to take a look at the doors and the windows, and he's going to make a determination with you. If, is it board and bat, or is it like T111? It's all T111. Okay, so it's all flat surface. They may take off the one-by-two window trims and the, and the casing around the doors and stuff like that, and they'll just lath that T111, and then they'll apply three coats, a scratch, a brown, and a texture coat. He may talk to you even about putting more insulation there. He may want you to put the one-inch, uh, dense, rigid foam board up there, and then he can spread and texture virtually the entire project in one pass. So that's Doug at Stucco Renovations. I uh, Guy, I'd have him come out and just have him take a look at it, get an estimate for it, and and, and you get that foam insulation and that stucco, and you're going to have it, the outside of your house pretty well knocked out. And the foam insulation company name again is Thermal Advantage. And if you'll just Thermal go Advantage. if you'll if you'll just go to rosieonthehouse.com and go to certified partners, click there, it's gonna ask you for your zip code, it's gonna ask you what category of work you're looking for, just type in insulation. And banker insulation will come up. Thermal advantage will come up. Banker's great for any of the bats and the attics. Uh, but that foam inside existing masonry is kind of a specialty, and that's where you'll need thermal advantage. 888-329-0289. We don't often spend a lot of time giving out phone numbers on air anymore. People don't remember them. Uh Whatever, but that was the second time we gave out thermal advantage today. today so I thought, just today, well, yeah. I better give out his phone number. 888-329-0289. I'm going to have a keyhole garden for okra. I'm going to have one just for herbs on the other side. Put them around where we plan to finish out the rest of the 
outdoor kitchen, barbecue area that'll be right across from the arena next to our little announcer stand that'll be a swing set doubled as and a slide fire pole slice you'll just go around to each of your keyhole garden all dry stack pavers and oh, i need uh herbs for this one oh, i need okra for this one oh, i need peppers for this one nice and on that umbrella that we're going to put right in the center a misting gonna... system <clears throat> mm-hmm. oh huh? yeah yeah, Myth. some lights it, for the evening. Uh, yeah, lights, <laughs> misting system. I mean, I'm talking. I'm it's going to be it. an It'd agricultural nice. cloth umbrella. Is he, is oh, okay. the, the sunlight still needs to get through. Well, I think oh, you'll I, still have room for a little casita out back for grandparents. I, mm-hmm. I had the umbrella as a person shade, not a plant shade. But you're right. If you made it a plant shade, it would let just enough light into. I'm I, I'm liking it. It's it's sounding good. Mm. So that's the that's the stackable raised planter garden wall from Bellgard Retaining Wall Systems. Uh, you can actually, they, they have some good YouTubes on that, on showing you how to do it. It really is. Uh, I've said this many, many times before. The retaining wall is a much easier thing to install than pavers. Pavers, pavers done right that will stay level and not divot in, it, it, it really takes some experience to get it done and done right. And talk about experience. You know, I've, I've been married to your mother for 40 years now, and about another 10 years. Do we need years, to fact check that? About another 10 years. Nope. That's right. That's right. 40, 40 this year. Big 40. Okay. I'm going to have her all trained up, and just that, the way I want her. That's This March will be 40? Yeah. So you're not quite there yet. You're, you're trying to squeeze a month in here on me. Okay. All month, right. Six weeks. Here. <laughs> so so you, she's almost trained. I, I've almost <laughs> got her trained up. Just, I'm turn my just about another ten years. We ought, she ought to be Your just, just in good shape. And and we've got a a paver driveway, and on the side of the house, it kind of goes around to our little, you know, toy parking area where we park the quad trailers or whatever little extra thing we've got. And that's also where I happen to deep fry our turkeys. And so over the years, there's been a drop or two of oil <laughs> that just have have ended up there. It's a safe place to do it because you're separated from the backyard by the drive through gate. You're in the front yard so the grandkids can be back jumping on the trampoline, swimming, playing volleyball in the volleyball court, you know, b- um. bocce ball, lawn darts, whatever it is. And poor old grandpa, of course, he's out front sweating, you know, and working and cooking Making for the family. Making messes. And occasionally a drop or two ends up on the pavers. And and you have to do it. You can't do it on the sand court. You can't do it right. on the lawn. The ground is too unstable for that kind of yeah. weight. Don't if, want to do it on your driveway. If you had a uh, one of the legs of the deep fryer that sunk into the dirt and that boiling pot of five Bad gallons of news. oil comes Bad out. Bad news. So you got to do it on the concrete. Yeah, it is perfectly. I mean, it worked perfect for years. She gets the envie that those spots, they got to come out of that brick right now. And so she done herself a little research, and she called that Marvell Masonry, and she called that Nathan Angel at Belgard, and they set her up with all that stuff that she need. And, and then I went hunting. <laughs> I, taught, I taught her how to use that pressure washer. I taught her how to use all that stuff. I said, you put it on here, and you take this brush, you apply that right after you pressure wash. Uh, have you got it now, honey? Are you all trained up? Do you know how to do this? And when she shook her head yes, I hooked up the boat, and I lit out for the lake. 
And when I got back, she was almost done. <laughs> true story. It is a true story. It is a true story. And, and the dog trader, not the boat. And honey, the uh, uh, the the pavers look good, babe. You did a good job. Are well, you going to seal them now? I think you need I, to seal them. I'm now. going to. Okay. Yeah. When it just gets a little tad bit warmer. Well, we have this listed as one of our one day projects. Uh, if you go it, to it, the blog, you can see the before and after pictures. And, and I can verify, it just took one day. I was just gone one day. <laughs> Why don't you talk about doing it? All right. Well, first of all, you want to make sure that it's it's swept off. You don't want any dirt because anything that's between the cleaner and the and the pavers will keep it from being the same color as everything else. So, you, I, first of all, I used the blower and blew it all off. And then my blower, I taught her how to use. <laughs> And then uh, I put the cleaner. I used the Technoseal Pro Series that Border has, and um, put it in a pump spray and put it evenly over the pavers. And then you just let it sit for about three or four minutes. And then I power washed it off. Now there is a caution. my power washer <laughs> that I taught her how to use. You're so helpful, honey. Uh, so the power washer doesn't use as much water, but you have to be really careful not to get into the cracks. So you're not like at a 90 degree angle. You're at the side, and you're sweeping across there and getting in. But you want to really thoroughly rinse it off because you don't want it to keep cooking. And so then that's all there is to it. And then you let it dry out and then seal it, which I haven't had time for yet. But also, so on the stains. And I, I think those pavers have been down about 15 years. And and the area she has done, uh, they look it looks brand, brand new. They look brand new. It looks they brand new. They really do. Yeah, it was it was good strong stuff. You could see a little bit of the color of the paper actually wash with when I was hosing it off, and they look like, you know, they've had a chemical peel. They just look beautiful. They're all brand new, and seal it, and they'll be good as new for a while. The deeper stains from say the turkey fries four or five years ago wouldn't come out, but stains that are relatively new, I use that. Um, it's the Technoseal Professional Grade Oil and Grease Remover, and you shake the bottle. I I had to learn that. You got to shake it up, and you pour it onto the stain and just leave it. You give it five to eight hours to dry, and then you just brush it off, and the stain comes right out with it. But the key is to be relatively new stain. And then um, also you can, if all else fails, you can pop a new paper in. There you go, Gary. I almost got her trained up. Almost. She can come clean mine now. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have a great week. We'll be back next Saturday. As always, don't be afraid. If you're looking for us in the course of the week, just get to rosieonthehouse.com. She can get a license and in five years be one of our certified paper. <laughs> yes. You smarty pants, yes. both of you. 